Welcome to the Beyond Physio Podcast, where we help you move, excel, and inspire others on your journey to your next level with knowledge and advice from experts and testimonials from our like-minded community. Welcome to the Beyond Physio Podcast. Today, I have Karen Brisueta, owner of Workout Hotel, which is a massive YouTube presence in the fitness industry. Uh, Karen, welcome to our show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you for coming on. So, Karen, um, I want everyone to hear about your journey from being in the corporate world, uh, even before that, uh, as sure. a college student, and how your fitness journey actually got you to where you are and today and got you to levels of success. That's pretty amazing. Absolutely. So, you know, I always had a passion for fitness, played sports. So even in high school, I, I actually got the books to become certified to be a group exercise instructor. Um, I loved it. It was something I always had a passion for. And then uh, in college, I actually got certified. I taught in my in my school gym there um, and learned a lot. I took a course of the breakdown of classes and how to teach, and it just interested me. Um, fast forward, graduating, uh, I had a couple jobs, but then I landed in a corporate fitness job where I managed group exercise programs, and it really got me to experience different types of formats, you know, Pilates, yoga, spinning, um, and and we would audition instructors. It was like American Idol. They'd come in from New York City <laughs> wow. um, and all different types of formats. So I really got uh, surrounded by the fitness world and learned a lot from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of, uh, when I managed these instructors, what happened was I looked and said, wow, you, you can make a lot of money <laughs> teaching the classes. I don't have to be a manager anymore. Yeah. And then um, after I had my first uh, baby, that's, that's the route I went. I see. So it sounds like you also had this entrepreneurial bug in you where something inside of you drove you or pushed you towards doing something on your own as well. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. You know, I did always have that and I didn't realize it until recently. Mm. Um, but so after I, I was teaching classes, then I started to get excited about giving my clients if they were moving away or going on vacation workouts. Mm-hmm. And that led me to put my workouts onto YouTube about nine and a half years ago. I see. And yeah. from nine and a half years ago, how many subscribers do you have now? Uh, I think we have like 45,000. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> on, uh, on, yeah. On YouTube. And so. you had said that you have people from all over the world right now. Yeah. You know, that that's what YouTube does. It's one of the biggest search engines. So um, building my credibility on YouTube, right? Offering my workouts that are safe, effective, and, and making sure that I'm giving them something that can benefit them. I think that took time. Um, but from there, that's what led me to build kind of my online community. Yeah. And can you talk more about the fit club? Because that actually has been the evolution of all the stuff you've been doing. Sure. So the, the fit club, um, what I did was I, I, I had all these clients around the world and they wanted a little more. And I said, listen, what can I do to offer them? You know, more of a workout hotel brand. How can I branch off? So we designed, uh, an on-demand and live workout platform. So my community has joined this. We do live workouts every Wednesday where I come to them live. And it's really cool. Just, you know, different time zones. We have people in California, Canada, Israel, UK. Some people obviously have to do it later, but just coming together for a common cause and purpose of getting fit, getting healthy and, and sharing our ideas back and forth has just been really a great experience. That's pretty amazing that you have such a far reaching uh, business that goes well beyond, uh, the contiguous United States, Absolutely. if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. And uh, you've also said that you have clients of yours um, from abroad who are also 
looking to work with you one-on-one, it sounds like. Yeah. So I do, um, it's even, it started during COVID more so, but there's, I still have a couple of Zoom clients that I do Mm one-on-one. And in fact, uh, it's just great. People have realized that they don't have to travel to the gym. They can do their workouts efficiently um, and it works out really well. That's cool that you've been able to tie a passion of yours into something that's profitable. And something that you're actually doing just in your own studio at home, right? Absolutely. I built my own <laughs> studio. It came a long way. So yeah, my YouTube channel is based uh, out of my house. But when you you don't realize, you know, when you start something of the opportunities that can branch out of it, right? Yeah. So it was really cool. So Karen, um, being an entrepreneur and us both being sort of like in that realm of uh, healthcare and fitness, sure. uh, talk to our audience about what it takes to get to a level of success because I think oftentimes people see that tip of the iceberg where they see you at this level, like, oh my God, Karen at the workout hotel, amazing. But they don't know all of the peaks and valleys, struggles, (laughs) mistakes you and I have made to get to that level of success. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. Um, You know, nine plus years, right? So so it's been a lot. And I think I've I've posted a live workout on YouTube every Saturday. Mm. Maybe I skipped once in all of that time. So number one is being consistent, being consistent. And um, I think even when you feel like, you know, what we commonly do is look at other people, look at other channels and be like, oh, you know, maybe I should be doing it like that. And I think a common thing is to just stick to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the main thing is being consistent. Yeah. Right. And also having a vision of doing what you know. Try mm-hmm. Don't try to do what other people are doing, but do what you know and have your expertise in. Stay in your lane. Yeah, stay in your lane. <laughs> exactly. And the other thing we talked about before, which was, sure. um, I, and then it's so great that you mentioned that's just executing. You know, uh, making sure that, I think a lot of people get caught up in perfection before they start. Yes. And I know at times early yes. in my career, I was the same way, but what I found was that when I tried to do something, it took that small step in the right direction Things would, I would learn along the way and I would Uh make mistakes, but I would say, okay, well, that's when I learned. Yes. But I'm still going to stick in that same path. It sounds like you also were doing that as well. Yeah. I mean, I I think the thing is you have to just put the content out there because you're never going to be ready. That's the part of the learning process, right? We, I think we mentioned before is we grow when we make a mistake and when we fail and it might not be fun. It might not be pretty, but that's going to take you to the next level. Yeah. So I would say definitely you just have to start putting the content out there. And I know it's scary because you're, you are putting yourself out there to the world. Millions, so it billions. took, you know, it was a hard decision to make, but once you do it, go with it and be confident and, and, and keep your mindset strong. That's number one. Did you ever have along the way doubts that, Oh, I don't know if this is going to fly or were you pretty confident all throughout that process? Oh yeah, no, definitely not confident throughout. Um, because it's, it's a lot of work, yeah. you know, technology, the back end of things. It's not just what you see in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's emails, it's working on the weekends and editing videos. Um, so I think it's what helped me. I listened to a lot of personal development on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm feeling like my mind's going in the negative direction, I put that on or maybe I go uh, for a workout. But it's it's trying to learn when you go into that negative spiral how to turn it around. Yeah, it's, it's a process. I'm so glad you said that. I feel like resilience is a big part of what uh, either leads to people failing in business where they're, ah, you know, forget it's it. not working out, forget it. You know, it's, too it's not work. working out too much work. Yes. And instead, that's an opportunity for us. And I do very similar things to try to get myself out of different funks too, where it's either talking to the right people, to my mentors, to coaches, to my peers in my mastermind group to be able to get past those mental hurdles so that I can see and get another perspective sometimes all it takes, right? Sometimes like, you know, you and I perseverating on these thoughts where it's, oh my God, it's never going to work. But then, you know, you had the voice of reason from your peers say, hey, if you look at it this way, it's like, oh, so I need to see. Oh, now I can move forward again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's huge. 
So for people starting out in in YouTube and wanting to get to that level of success mm -hmm. for someone like like yourself, uh, what are a couple of key things or maybe even technology that you would recommend that they Sort of off with. with, yeah. I mean, nowadays you use your phone, right? That's but it. start making content. So figure out your niche first, like figure out who you want to deliver serve, something right? to, who you want to serve and offer your expertise to. Mm -hmm. um, because if you think of, if it's too broad, you're going to be all over the place, yeah. right? Um, so figure that out first and then just make your first video, <laughs> make your first blog, just do it. It'll get better from there, right? Yeah. Once you start, it's only going to get better. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of platforms and services. You don't necessarily need a website, but I would definitely recommend starting to capture email addresses, build an email list. So now you have an audience to mm -hmm. send things to when you start delivering content. Yeah. Um, you know, through all these years, what I've realized is now I, I, I may use this piece of content here and repurpose it. Yes. Right. So you're, you're not, you get smarter as you move on. You're, you're <laughs> more not, efficient. yes, more efficient, smarter, and learn how you can use things. And, and another thing is if someone asks me, oh, do you have a stretch for tight hip flexors? Oh, I made a video about that 10 years ago. Oh. Here's the video. So oh. that start, those things start to kind of all fall into place, yeah. which is really cool. That's awesome, Karen. Yeah, and I, what you. I love is that you have uh, two kids at home? Three. Three. My God. Yes. Was amazing. <laughs> and you're setting this amazing role model for yourself to for your kids where they can see your mom as an entrepreneur, yeah. also as a mom. Mm -hmm. uh, do you find that I, I, I've seen your kids, I think, involved in certain things sure. that you do. Yeah. Do you involve them on purpose for that? Um, so they've been definitely involved. In fact, this is another interesting fact. Uh, I took them to the YouTube studios. There's YouTube studios in Chelsea Market in New York City. Oh, yes. So if you have a certain amount of subscribers, you can go there and film. So they had come with me to do some workouts there, which they thought was so cool. <laughs> um, but they also worked on some kids programming because, again, kids working out, exercise, it's a huge um, opportunity. And I just feel passionate when I can give that and, and bring those workouts to the kids. But my kids do, they're all into sports. They actually, my son goes to the gym all the time now. They oh, like working out. Um, the key is not to force it upon them, but mm. make it part of the lifestyle that they kind of are just used to, yeah. right? Did you find that during the pandemic, uh, I think we talked about sort of that dichotomy. We had kids who were getting more involved with their families to do things more active. Sure. But then you had the other side of it where we saw kids actually go down that downward spiral and become less active and more on their computers. Yeah. yeah. So I think the biggest thing there is because everything closed, gym class, sports. So there there were a lot of kids that not going to baseball practice, right? Mm. You're not going to football. So that that took a lot away from them. Yeah. Then there were kids who, you know, I, I was telling my family the other day, I said, COVID was like my childhood, right? We were outside <laughs> riding bikes, playing basketball all the time yeah. walking around. You know, when we were kids, we took our bike out for six hours. At least. <laughs> right? And we didn't come back. So that's the difference today. These kids, it's they're in front of the technology, mm -hmm. right? School's in front of a computer. They come home, they want their iPads, they want their phones. Um, so it's a big change. And, and I think this sports is important for them to try to, you know, get off their Definitely, their any and, kind of movement for move. that matter. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, we had the story of, um, some of our higher level coaches where they're working with athletes in the youth division and they're seeing that the level of athleticism has actually gone down, which is wow. crazy. Yeah. And these kids are not even able to do simple age appropriate gross motor skills that you and I would take for granted, kicking sure. a ball, playing kickball, uh, not learning how to play, you know, not learning how to throw yeah. a ball, all yeah. these kinds of things that you and I grew up with. That's right. And it's really sad that that has happened. And I think that things can turn around if we have parents and families who are just more intentional about mm -hmm. it. But 
it has to be sort of a, a bigger movement, I think. Then I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the huge thing was COVID kind yeah. of fired that up, and then um, technology, like like we yeah. said before. So if you have the option to watch something in that you know addicted personality, <laughs> or you continue to watch those videos, yeah, you're not going to be motivated to get outside and ride your bike. That's for sure. Yeah, we have to push them a little bit. Do you think part of that has also led to that sort of obesity epidemic that we have been seeing more and more in, in kids? Yeah, you know, I, I see that too. And I think there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it. The diets and nutrition that we have oh, in America, yeah. um, the busy lifestyle. So we're more apt to reach for fast food because we're rushing, parents are rushing from work straight to practice, yeah, right? Easily. Coming home nine, 10 o'clock at night. So the lack of time also, the busy mm. schedules is, is really... Um, getting in the way of eating healthy yeah um and then i think another thing is this in the sports component it's it's super competitive yeah right everyone's on a club team now and i feel like it also then uh it kind of makes the kids who are just the average players not play anymore yeah um, for sure or not be motivated or have the confidence to come in to say a little league game because all the other kids are maybe on a club team yeah and as we um, said uh, sometimes they're on multiple club teams yes for the same sport and in other episodes we've talked about the issues that we see in the growing skeleton with kids who are always under the same kind of stress from that particular sport that they play all year sure. round when a lot of that can be easily mitigated just by changing up what they do maybe half the year or a quarter of the year. Yes. And so I feel that um, the concern that I have in the future, yes, we have this obesity epidemic, but because of the sports specialists that we see from early on, mm -hmm. I wonder sometimes if these kids will ever reach their potential because the, of the injuries so they've much. had doing so much. Exactly. Yeah. And um, getting that, uh, basically looking at the nervous system and seeing ways to downregulate, we call it, which is basically mm -hmm. just to calm it down. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that if you're always amped up. Yeah. Obviously, in adults too, you know, when all of us are all into the high intensity stuff, that's also another issue too. Sure. Um, but I would love to go from here and talk about how Pilates can really set that balance for a lot of this high intensity stuff that our sports specialists are doing, or even our high intensity population who does a lot of CrossFit yes. or other kinds of intense sports. You know, I, I'm, I love high intensity, right? I, I I did it a lot more in the past, but now what you, your body realizes, <laughs> you don't need it every day. Yeah. Um. So I think they're great, but they have to be complemented with workouts such as Pilates, yoga, something recovery, a foam rolling session. Um, so you're not putting too much stress, tension and that onto your body. Yeah, that's for right, sure. To perform. Yeah. Do you find that, um, I, cause we see a lot of runners and triathletes and cyclists at next level. Uh, do you, have you found that incorporating Pilates, uh, has been helpful for this population? Yeah. I, I mean, Pilates is awesome for everyone. I'll say that. So whether you're recovering from an injury, surgery, but especially sports specific, especially if you're a runner or a cyclist and you're always going in that forward movement plane, um, you have to think about the posterior, right? The back, the glutes, number one, um, are a big one. Uh, side lateral movements, rotational movements, and Pilates is, it's not a lot of stress on your joints, mm -hmm. right? It helps with flexibility. Um, one of the or two of the key things I will say that is important is the core strength mm -hmm. and the breathing. Mm -hmm. And that's what Pilates promotes. So we teach you how to engage the deep core, the transverse abdominis, and also how to breathe, mm -hmm. right? So simple it sounds, but people don't know how to breathe. <laughs> yeah. So glad you mentioned that. Um, even in our practice, we find that we have a lot of neck breathers and they wonder why really? they come with neck pain because they're not really accessing the entire ribcage yes. and the uh, and lungs. And basically, they're not able to use the diaphragm appropriately. So mm -hmm. they don't get the full exhale, but they do a lot of 
that kind of stuff. So it's all here. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's like yeah. uh, if you ever seen people with emphysema, mm-hmm. you know, they have these massive necks because they can only breathe through their neck because yeah. their lungs are just messed up. But um, just by teaching people how to access their breath again, sure, has allowed for people with chronic pain, uh, other injuries, to be able to uh, feel better, even yes. just from doing that alone. Absolutely. So yeah, Pilates teaches the breath, the breathing, mm-hmm. um, and especially for for new moms postpartum. Yeah. So important to work the pelvic floor. Um, if there's any separation through the abdominal wall, Pilates mm-hmm. is great. If you're listening to your body, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I think that's key. Yeah. You mentioned the pelvic floor. It's funny because we do see a lot of uh, pl- uh, clients with pelvic floor issues. How do you, or do you do anything differently in Pilates to accommodate that population? Absolutely. So especially if someone comes back postpartum, I will always ask if they have any separation. Um, and then obviously refer them to a specialist if, mm. if they need to, that to be done. Yeah. Um, but the key is Pilates can do so much to promote the healthy abdominal wall to come back, mm-hmm. not doing some flexion work and making sure you're lifting through the pelvic floor. So yes, we always talk about the pelvic floor, mm-hmm. but the key is just like any other ex- exercise modality, it's practice, right? Mm-hmm. Engage in the deep core. It takes practice and you have to relax your mind and your mind and your muscles have to talk to one another. I love how you said that. Yes. Um, The other thing with that is we have a lot of, like you said, neck breathers, stress. We're coming in high intense. And then what happens is when they're engaging through the core, they're doing it too much. Mm -hmm. So they're squeezing their abdominals, right? You Back in the day, we were told to hold in, suck in your gut. Yes. But we can't breathe properly if we do that. (laughs) Definitely not. And we're going to be putting too much pressure down the pelvic floor. So there's a fine line of finding, I say, I like to say 10%. Like Mm. it's like if you like jump in a cold lake and you kind of get a little agitated that's the engagement you want so yeah through that process of really trying to help them get back to where they were Mm -hmm. um but the pelvic floor is is something that women don't talk about a lot no but the problem haunts them every day and it could be a simple fix of getting a a pt to help them doing some corrective exercises like pilates the Mm -hmm. right way you know it sounds like also uh that this sort of Pilates as a modality sure. would be great for women even before they are about to have their baby. Yeah. You see a lot of women who are with child or. Yeah, sure. You know, I do. Uh, you can um, obviously continue Pilates if you are pregnant mm-hmm. um, before, after. There's a lot of age groups, but there's just a couple modifications where you're not lying on your back. We're watching the range of motion through the inner thighs. Um, to make sure that we're not, you know, pulling any muscles. Yeah. Um, but yes, you, it's definitely safe to do um, mm-hmm. through pregnancy. Got it. And so along the lines of special considerations, I'm sure you get people who've had certain injuries or surgeries. All the time. Like that. So are there things that you do or take special considerations for people coming in with an injury? Uh, maybe they've had PT and now they're wondering what the next step might be for them. Absolutely. And, and I joke because sometimes I say, you know, oh, now you're ready for me, right? Because I've been trying <laughs> to tell you to get Pilates, come yeah. to Pilates the whole time. Right. Um, but yes, so if there's any type of injury, I will always ask them if they have their doctor's clearance. And then my biggest thing is if I can connect with the PT or their doctor to see what exactly they can do, what their limitations are, so we're on the same page. And I think mm-hmm. that's important. I don't want to be telling them something different um, based on what their doctor is. So get more of an insight of what it is. And Pilates is a rehab corrective exercise. Mm-hmm. So it's great for those individuals um, mm-hmm. if they're doing their they're listening to their body and putting in the modifications they need. Yeah, I love that. And we we love collaborating with coaches like yourself, Karen, who are like-minded, where we want 
we want to make sure that we can talk to the clients um, and talk to their instructors or teachers sure. because we all have been the same page. If the client is the centerpiece here where we want to make sure that that person having the the optimum experience they can from their fitness, uh-huh. we just want to be part of that journey for that client. Hey, Love listen, it. continue your Pilates class, but maybe I can talk with the instructor to see a couple of things that we might want to tweak yes. based on what you're presenting with. Absolutely. I find that sometimes people in our field and maybe it happens to, you know, in mm-hmm. other fields as well mm-hmm. where uh, there's a bit of ego sometimes. And so there's like, well, it's my way or the highway. And I just can't. Oh, you see? It's yeah. Not some people are like that. that. Yeah. It's teamwork. Yeah. Right. But that, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm always interested in, in, in wanting to know more of like, oh, what, what, what did your PT tell you? Cause maybe exactly. I can learn something. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> right. I think, yeah, we need to change that mindset. That's awesome. Um, I also find that, um, you know, with traditional PT, unfortunately, there, you know, there's an emphasis on doing basic care. So it's hot pack, cold pack, um, cookie cutter exercise and that kind of thing. And because we wanted to go the full nine yards with our clients at next level, what we always try to do is like, I think by reaching out to the coaches mm-hmm. and getting involved in that person's wellness journey, awesome. it's only going to benefit along the, you yes. know, for the, for the long run. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, do you find that, um, as I would say like, as far as training goes, that there might be some big misconceptions about what training, good training might be. You know, I think, um, yeah, if, if people sometimes have a misconception of training, doing the same thing every day, high intensity, an hour a day. It doesn't have to be like that, mm-hmm. you know? So I think the biggest thing is thinking that you have to do so many hours or you have to lift so much, but there's something called cross training. So we yeah. could implement, and it's a beautiful thing yeah. because you could do strength, you could do cardio, Pilates. So I love, in my Fit Club, actually, we offer all of that because I oh, feel like yeah. you shouldn't be doing the same thing every day, mm-hmm. right? Because of overuse. And um, another big thing is, not training the posterior, so mm. the muscles of the back, especially in today's environment, we're seated at computers, mm. rounded forward, carrying bags. I'm sure you get all oh, those yeah. clients here. Um, and it might not be fun to work the posterior muscles, right? Mm-hmm. We, we kind of go toward what we like to do. Yes. Or, oh, we want to work our biceps. But like thinking more out of the box, I yeah. think, will give us um, that better physique that we want, more balanced mm-hmm. um, and help us perform optimally, right? You can do more when the body's balanced. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, guys, it's still the bar muscles, right? It's like the That's chest. Right. It's all pecs and biceps pretty That's much. It. But uh, I do agree where I, I feel like a lot of the posterior chain does get missed and a lot of rotational movement gets missed. Yes. Uh, especially if you are doing things like running and triathlon and cycling. It is that one plane of movement at one time. Mm-hmm. And we will often tell our, our population that, listen, if you just took one or two days or in a week to do something different, yes. like Pilates, like yoga, adding a strength training program in, you're going to get more benefit That's from right. your sport. Because now you've been able to not only calm down a nervous system, but you also have taken off the stress from your body mm-hmm. from those other endurance sports or more high-intensity sports. Yeah. That's, That's the thing, cool. the stress on the body. You know, yeah. you have an, enough stress all day with work and busyness. And I feel like that's it's super important to do a, a, an exercise that's going to calm that down. Absolutely, yeah. You know? So looking at Workout Hotel, sure. Um, what what what's your vision for the next 5, 10 years, Karen, as far as where you want to take yeah, uh, so so we have my YouTube channel. Yeah. Another thing I'll say is, uh, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, mm. right? Because I've done that before. Maybe yeah. worked at one gym, and guess what? They're out of business. So where are you tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. All right. So um, I have my my YouTube channel, my Fit Club. Um, I also have a DVD on Amazon. That was an you opportunity do. I got from from uh, Workout Hotel. Wow. Um, but the direction I want to go is continuing with my brand. Mm-hmm. And growing more in the mindset and wellness aspect of it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Because I think it's such a huge component. It's not just the nutrition. Mm-hmm. It's not just the workouts. It's a lot of mindset, as we talk about in our own businesses. 
it's you have to exercise the mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, I find that, um, especially with our clients with chronic pain, that there is that sort of fixed mindset. Oh, I've tried all this stuff. It hasn't mm-hmm, worked for me. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes hopeless. Yeah. But I feel like the same with fitness, where if you've been trying to get into shape and haven't had success, it can become hopeless in yes, that journey. You but give up. You have to give up for yeah. sure. But with the right mindset and with the right like-minded community, you can definitely achieve those goals one at a time Absolutely. over time because you have that you know, people around you around, to, yes. to get you on that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's business, fitness, or PT, if you have community, it that's really huge. does help you to get along the path towards your next level. Yes, I love that. And, and I think that's what it is for those looking out to get fit or it's a support and, and training your mindset with your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? definitely. I feel like um, that's definitely lacking. And sometimes we dissociate our body from our mind. Yes. You know, I know a lot of people stressful work. They, well, I just want to tune out when I work out. Mm-hmm. But if we were to connect that in a different way, instead of saying that, oh, I'm just taking a break mentally from work. Sure. But instead making it like, well, I'm going to engage in this activity. And by doing that, I'm going to get something beneficial for not only my body, yes. but also for my mind. I think exactly. you can definitely optimize the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Talk about your experience with uh, how nutrition has played a role either in your fitness or in the, in your clients. Sure. So, you know, I, I'm very big on eating clean. And I think what motivates me most is my mom died of stomach cancer. Oh, right. Wow. So that's in my genes. Um, and it also is how I feel when I eat something crappy. So I, I could tell a big difference of when I don't eat so well versus when I do and how the body performs. So I take that and share that with my fit club. Um, another thing is I can go on another whole po- podcast like this, but my <laughs> husband recently went gluten free from oh. an intolerance. Uh. And um, interestingly enough, he didn't know he had this for years, but he would get reactions and, oh. and it took months. I would say years to diagnose what this was. How did you find diagnosis? Um, so he had kidney stones. Uh. So I did some research and it said 90% of uh, people with Kidney stones, chronic kidney stones may be gluten intolerant. Now, I'm no doctor. It's Mr. (laughs) Google, but it worked for us. Um, He cut out the gluten. Everything changed. Inflammation in his body, the stomach pain, indigestion. So um, lost 30 pounds. So I think the nutrition part of it is seeing how much more you can do when you feel good. Mm. Because a lot of the fatigue some of us may have, right? It could be from something we're eating. Yeah. Right? Um, So I think that nutrition plays a huge part in my life mm-hmm. um because of the way again my history my family history mm-hmm. um how i want to deliver what i know to clients yeah and just feeling good waking up in the morning and not feeling like crap mm-hmm. is, is huge big time it's yeah. almost like if you're if you're working out and eating like crap yes it almost negates everything you did in the workout a thousand percent <laughs> yeah. and i'm not saying not you know you have to have you gotta balance, enjoy it. exactly right? you, you have to have yourself. balance but yeah. um if you cut out maybe a few little things that aren't good, it mm-hmm. can just really attribute to great changes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so one, it's funny. One of our core values at next level is uh fitness and food are fun. Love that. So we, we all work out like maniacs, <laughs> but we all eat like maniacs too. That's okay. On the weekends, it's like sort of our 80, 20 role. Like yeah. hey, 80% of the week, I'll be good. 20% yeah. not so good. Yeah. But that seems to draw the balance uh, uh-huh. for us where it's like, yeah, you, you can live life still. You, you have, have to, to right? Let us all day, right? Yeah, exactly. No, you don't want to starve yourself. So. <laughs> yeah. But focus on good quality foods. Absolutely. It is, yeah. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Karen, thanks so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Uh, I learned a lot about work at a hotel, even more in depth about your history and how you got to where you are, which is really kind of cool. And I'm very excited about the direction you're going in. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you or subscribe to your channel and sure. get the benefit of Fit Club? Absolutely. So for, you know, I have over 500 workouts that you can get right now on, on YouTube, wow. um, Workout Hotel. So youtube.com slash Workout Hotel. And uh, you can search Pilates, Bar, Strength, Cardio, and find something when you're traveling or just at home. Um, and guess what? It becomes addicting, right? Those little <laughs> Pilates workouts that yeah. you're going to tell your runners about. Yeah. Once you start them, you'll realize that it feels good. And yeah. I actually enjoy this. Awesome. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend um, to try Pilates, whether it's with my workouts or wherever you can. Um, definitely check that out. And cool. uh, workouthotel.com is my uh, website for the Fit Club that you can learn more about that as well. Oh, great. Thank you again, Karen, for coming Thank on the show. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. It really does mean a lot to us. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, or comment if you got at least one or two helpful insights or takeaways to help you get to your next level.